Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analyzing, and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world. Do we live in a dystopia of our own making? This is the question I want to put before you as we listen to today's poem, The End of Science Fiction by Liesl Mueller. Addressing this very question, Neil Postman writes in his book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, Everything in our background has prepared us to know and resist a prison when the gates begin to close around us. But then Postman writes, But what if there are no cries of anguish to be heard? Who is prepared to take arms against a sea of amusements? To whom do we complain, and when, and in what tone of voice, when serious discourse dissolves into giggles? What is the antidote to a culture being drained by laughter? In some ways, Postman is picking up on what Aldous Huxley did a generation earlier in his novel Brave New World, a prophetic novel that painted a picture of a future society where the slavery of humankind is not pushed on people by an authoritarian regime as Orwell predicted, rather the slavery of the future is one that is simply freely chosen by people as they succumb to the promise of a world of pleasure with minimal pain. Personally, I think Huxley's vision of the future is one that Mueller picks up on in the poem we're about to listen to. So may I present you with The End of Science Fiction by Liesl Mueller. The End of Science Fiction by Liesl Mueller. This is not fantasy, this is our life. We are the characters who have invaded the moon, who cannot stop their computers. We are the gods who can unmake the world in seven days. Both hands are stopped at noon. We are beginning to live forever in lightweight aluminum bodies with numbers stamped on our backs. We dial our words like Muzak. We hear each other through water. The genre is dead. Invent something new. Invent a man and a woman naked in a garden. Invent a child that will save the world. A man who carries his father out of a burning city. Invent a spool of thread that leads a hero to safety. Invent an island on which he abandons the woman who saved his life with no loss of sleep over his betrayal. Invent us as we were before our bodies glittered and we stopped bleeding. Invent a shepherd who kills a giant. A girl who grows into a tree. A woman who refuses to turn her back on the past and has changed to salt. A boy who steals his brother's birthright and becomes the head of a nation. Invent real tears. Hard love. Slow spoken, ancient words. Difficult as a child's first steps. 
across a room. So I want to start today's podcast by talking a bit about the historical context of the poem. Liesl Mueller was born in Hamburg, Germany in 1924 and was forced to flee to America from Nazi Germany as a teenager with her family at the age of 15 due to threats to her family's life. She attended Evansville College and completed graduate studies at Indiana University. In the 1960s, she lived with her husband in Illinois, where they raised their family. As well as being a poet, she taught at the University of Chicago. Mueller won the American National Book Award in 1981, the Pulitzer Prize in 1997, for her work, Alive Together, New and Selected Poems, from which this poem is taken. On winning the Pulitzer Prize, her work was described as a testament to the miraculous power of language to interpret and transform our world. It is a testament that invites readers to share her vision of experiences we all have in common. Sorrow, tenderness, desire, the revelations of art and mortality, the hard, dry smack of death against the glass. Mueller also won the Carl Sandsberg Award and the National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship. She died in Chicago in 2020 at the age of 96. Welcome back. At its heart, the end of science fiction closely examines the extent to which our world has changed and evolved over time, especially on a technological level, but not necessarily for the better. Indeed, Mueller uses a vast array of historical and biblical allusions to illustrate and discuss her perspective on the state of today's world, which, according to her, has ventured well past the expectations and capabilities of science. In this poem, it's as if something fundamental has been lost in life, and as if people have become trapped inside a kind of work of dystopic fiction, especially in areas such as medicine, travel and technology. More to the point, it is against this veneer of progress that Mueller argues in this poem that humanity needs to invent something new to save ourselves from this dead narrative that we have built for ourselves that is rotting us from the inside out. It is interesting to note here that the new inventions Mueller puts forward as an antidote to our modern day sickness is actually a mixture of historical and biblical allusions and references so not actually new solutions at all. However, she presents our need to go back to these ancient stories as examples of new ideas because we have moved so far away from those foundational stories in the first place that we would benefit greatly from the wisdom they could bring. 
In particular, she is pointing to the deep existential and philosophical realities older stories grapple with in terms of our human condition, which in our modern world of superficial science fiction can so readily be ignored. In her poem, Mueller is hinting that the genre of science fiction is coming to an end. It is no longer fiction, rather it is our lived reality. We are becoming like the futuristic beings described in science fiction stories. As such, there is, as I've already noted, a dystopic feeling that Mueller draws out in her poem, which connects to how science fiction is often depicted in feature films. Think of films like Blade Runner. She reinforces this pessimistic feeling by pointing out that we are on the path of replacing our bodies with artificial ones, thus being the generation that allows advances in technology to get drastically out of hand. Mueller suggests there is something unnatural taking place in the world, and the poet warns us about this from the very first line, saying, this is not fantasy, this is our life. As has already been noted, the new inventions that Mueller puts forward as a corrective to our modern existential crisis are actually allusions and references to ancient stories, so she isn't exactly talking about new inventions at all. However, she is presenting these examples as new ideas because we have moved so far away from fundamental wisdoms that returning to them would be comparable to a kind of rebirth or reawakening, maybe a renaissance. The goal of this poem is to explore the choices humans have made to end up in the dysfunctional and potentially catastrophic situation they find themselves today. In short, Mueller explores how we have a tendency to put our hope in the future without drawing on the wisdom of the past in order to guide us towards true, meaningful progress. Moreover, this poem tells us that science, which was supposed to aid mankind into the future, has actually hindered us. For example, the existence of better medicine has provided us with an overpopulation problem, and the Industrial Revolution has led to global warming. Science has also led to our ability through nuclear war to be gods who can unmake the world in seven days, she writes. And indeed, this is not fantasy, this is our life. Mueller is pointing out that our abuse of science means we seek to exploit the world around us rather than live with it in harmony. Thus she mentions that we have invaded the moon in order to exploit it and conquer it. Added to this, in our increasingly virtual lives, we become characters rather than real human beings. We are virtual slaves who cannot stop their computers. And in this fantasy land, we tend to invent curated images of ourselves to present to the world through our many digital platforms and social media. The reference to living forever in lightweight aluminum bodies therefore is probably a reference to the smartphone that we all carry around with us as extensions of ourselves. Overall, the emotion evoked in this poem is one of resignation, nostalgia, as well as an underlying sadness. 
The line we dial our words like Muzak refers to the bland pre-recorded background music one hears in elevators and other public places, thus making the reader think of conversations that are uninteresting and boring, to the point that no one is hearing each other, hence the line, we hear each other through water. And clearly our polarised thinking and tunnel vision in society, reinforced through the use of social media, certainly makes Mueller's line here appear very poignant indeed. The End of Science Fiction is a poem with so many literary references to the past. A good example of this is when the poem mentions a spool of thread leading a hero to safety. The poet here is clearly referencing Greek mythology, where King Minos's daughter fell in love with the Greek hero Theseus and gave him a spool of thread that he let unwind through the labyrinth so that he wouldn't lose his path. Theseus managed to kill the Minotaur and uses the thread to get out of the labyrinth and finally escape from Crete, leaving the besotted princess behind. Referencing this particular myth in this poem shows that the poet was trying to evoke an image of sadness and despair from the reader, as we ourselves are lost in a maze and need a way out. There is also a reference to another Greek myth in Myrna, whom was transformed into a myrrh tree after falling in love and sleeping with the Greek hero Sinrius. Or another example would be the line, a woman who refuses to turn her back on the past and is changed to salt. This line refers to the Old Testament in the Bible, when God destroys the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of the people's sins and debauchery, with the only people to escape being Lot, his wife, and two of their daughters. They are told to get out quickly and to not look back. Lot's wife, of course, looks back and is turned into a pillar of salt. In all these references to deep and powerful ancient stories, Mueller points to the rich vein of tradition we neglect at our own peril. A tradition that can serve to prevent us from repeating the mistakes of the past and better understand who we are. In the end, Mueller shows how we are, in fact, becoming a science fiction genre itself, a bland, monotonous dystopia. The genre of science fiction is dead, it is no longer fiction, it is our reality. The many rich biblical allusions in the poem to Adam and Eve, the birth of Jesus, David and Goliath, Lot's wife, and the ancient literary allusions to works of Virgil, as well as mythology such as Apollo and Daphne, and Theseus and the Minotaur are being lost to us. Mueller calls us to invent something new. But in you, she is ironically suggesting that that something is actually the ancient things that we have so erroneously neglected. Rather than discover something new through science, Mueller is calling us to recover and rediscover the treasures already hidden in our culture, those treasures that are lying dormant and asleep within our culture that can be awoken. Mueller is calling us to step away from fantasy and illusion and into reality, into a world of real tears, instead of the manufactured ones we commonly see 
on flat screen TVs. Hard love that is more about actions than feelings and ancient words that are more about wisdom than just knowledge for its own sake. So this brings us to the end of this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed The End of Science Fiction by Liesl Mueller. We'll finish by listening one more time to the poem. Until next week, I'll see you later. The End of Science Fiction by Liesl Mueller This is not fantasy. This is our life. We are the characters who have invaded the moon, who cannot stop their computers. We are the gods who can unmake the world in seven days. Both hands are stopped at noon. We are beginning to live forever in lightweight aluminum bodies with numbers stamped on our backs. We dial our words like Muzak. We hear each other through water. The genre is dead. Invent something new. Invent a man and a woman naked in a garden. Invent a child that will save the world. A man who carries his father out of a burning city. Invent a spool of thread that leads a hero to safety. Invent an island on which he abandons the woman who saved his life with no loss of sleep over his betrayal. Invent us as we were before our bodies glittered and we stopped bleeding. Invent a shepherd who kills a giant. A girl who grows into a tree. A woman who refuses to turn her back on the past and has changed to salt. A boy who steals his brother's birthright and becomes the head of a nation. Invent real tears. Hard love. Slow spoken ancient words difficult as a child's first steps across a room you've been listening to the lit poetry podcast presented by james laidler for more podcasts poetry videos and other useful resources visit our website at www.litpoetry.com Thanks for listening.